Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. file on premiere welcome to the show which talks to christian leaders about the topics that really matter i'm andy peck all the surveys suggest that the male female ratio in local churches is in favor of women christian research survey in 2005 found 60 percent of church attendance was female Many men regard churches for women and children. The activities of worship and conversation are deemed more suitable to women, and many churches lack the kind of activities that might grab and inspire men. But there's a strong suggestion that chances of children continuing the faith are much higher when the man is involved. So the church needs to reach men for their sake and for the sake of the children and the family. So I'm joined this week by Carl Beach, who is the International Director of Christian Vision for Men. So welcome, Carl, Hi, to the Leadership Farm. Great to be able to chat with you about this key area, uh, which obviously is very close to your heart. Um, you're an Ely minister and you're now involved in a charity with a focus on men. So how That's did right. that come about? Um, well, uh, I started off uh, ministry as um, a Baptist minister, actually. I was a church planter back in the 90s, uh, mid-90s. And um, we, we just saw loads of guys uh, come to faith. I was working on a council estate at the time. There's loads of guys are coming to faith, and then I, we, uh, I, I became team leader of a church, and more guys are coming to faith. And we got a visit from David Coffey back mm-hmm. in the day, and uh, he he sort of said, "Well, this is a word to effect of this is a bit unusual." And I said, "What's unusual?" And he said, "Well, there's men in the church." I said, "Really?" Uh, I thought it was normal, mm-hmm. but I just had my head down doing my job locally. But as I lifted my head up, I realised actually it was a serious issue. So. It was about 10 years ago I sort of felt compelled to leave local church ministry and focus on evangelism to men. But obviously that brings a package of where you can't just win a man of Christ and he's discipling. So, you know, we're losing men for the church. I think we lost something like 49% of men aged under 30 in the last 15 or 20 years from the church of believers. So that's how I got drawn into it. It's wow. a very long answer. No, no, that's, 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 that's what happened, basically. Sure. And, and Christian vision for men... Um, we were talking before we were on air about that you've got different branches across the country. Yeah, yeah. So um, at heart, we're a grassroots evangelistic organisation mm. and, and all ministries about relationships. So we have guys on the deck all over the country. So an office in Belfast, a base in Wales near Cardiff, uh, a base in Falkirk, uh, an editing studio because we do a lot of uh, media stuff and the creative guys are just in Essex and we've got a team in London. But then we've got uh, uh, offshoots in about 12 countries as well. Wow. Well, well. so, yeah. And and so you, you say you're evangelistic. Mm. Um, so how does that, what what shape does that form? Is that a ver- the, all the varieties of evangelism? Yeah, so we do something called four-level evangelism, mm. which which basically, oh, I'll run unpack it now, so it'll take mm. me a zillion hours. But mm. the, the basic premise is that we have to take a bloke from a place to a place. And uh, the average guy takes about five years to come to faith. 
Well, so most churches' starting point for reaching a bloke with the gospel is a bowl of porridge at eight in the morning on a Sunday, you know, on a Saturday, <laughs> which isn't really going to cut the mustard for a mm. bloke called Dave who doesn't really want to get up for a bowl of porridge, on, you mm. know, on a Saturday, <laughs> or or Tony mm. or Clive or Derek, you know, whoever. So we have a process of how we build mm. relationships with guys. Most men need to hear the gospel about thirty times. So, well, so we put a, a strategy in place in churches that works. It's authentic. That's based mm. on friendship. That takes guys uh, from where they are to lead them to Christ. Some guys come to faith quickly, some it can take a decade. Mm. So we work on that, but then we also work on issues like church culture, we work on discipleship strategies and programs for men who are already walking with Christ because we think we can win thousands more men to Christ if every man who's walking with Jesus is equipped to share his faith. So we don't want to fill stadiums then I preach at them. We want to actually get every man walking mm. tall with Jesus. So we, we help do that and then we have lots of sort of offshoots like working with ex-offenders and all sorts of stuff going on sure now i don't want to go down the kind of paralysis of analysis route yeah, but yeah. but 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 you know what what would be the some of the reasons why why men you, you in your understanding are not either attractive or sticking in in local church i hinted at a few yeah. in the intro, well but. this is obviously it's a massive question mm, mm. and I, I go into denominational colleges and mm. stuff and teach this and i can take all day with people sure, sure. so i suppose i'd do it this way um if we were to ask a question, if you know if church leaders listening, um, question would be: If you have a, a, a bulletin you give out every week, if we just focus on the Sunday meetings, church is more than that. But mm, if we mm. focus on a Sunday meeting, your shop window, uh, on the bulletin you'll have prayer needs. Mm. Who are we praying for in the church? Most people listen to this. If you look at the prayer needs on the back of the bulletin, will mm. be the sick, missionaries, the pastor. You know. Uh, which is all fair, but that's that's generally what would be prayed for. If you're having a prayer time in a, in a church meeting, uh, generally the people that would be prayed for are the sick, you know, the missionaries, mm. uh, the pastor, yeah. um, or people speaking at a church activity, like the women's meeting mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, you may pray for people who have jobs, but the jobs that you pray for would generally be teachers, nurses, or doctors because they're more caring, so they seem somehow more kingdom. So the question would be, when was the last time a van driver appeared mm. on the back of your prayer bulletin to pray for his job? Mm. And work's very important to men. Mm. So when was the last time he did that? When was the last time you prayed for a builder or an engineer or an accountant mm-hmm. in the church meeting? Probably the only time you pray for an accountant is if they get a job with a Christian mission agency <laughs> and they go to yes. Tanzania. Yes, yes. But you don't pray for them when they're working in Seven Oaks. Mm. So... What that does, you know, men are making a sociological response to the church, not a spiritual one. They're mm. saying, this place doesn't appear to be for me. They hear fantastically biblically accurate teaching, perhaps, on a Sunday, on Numbers 12, and then think, that's great, but I've got to make someone redundant on Wednesday, or I'm mm. facing redundancy, so how does that compute? Yeah. You know, a missionary board in the church would just have pictures of missionaries around it with a bit of string, mm. you know, going to the country, where like, oh, unless you're in Chelsea and you get an LED light, you know, <laughs> press the button and it lights up. But, uh, but that, again, yeah. we need to pray for our missionaries, but it's saying they're on mission, you're mm. not. Yeah, yeah. So it's this sort of messaging all the time is going out, and then there's the songs we sing and the dis- mm. disengagement, really. Mm. And then you look at the schedule of activities through the week, and most it will be women's, children's, and youth meetings, mm. and maybe home group and a Bible study and a church members meeting. Mm. So there's this massive disengagement. And I, I, so I don't call it the feminization of the church. I call it the romanticization of the church. Because mm-hmm. uh, feminization is unfair to say that. It's the romanticization and, and the disconnection. That's mm. what's taking place. Right, right. And um, you, you talked about, um, you know, the 
the lack of sense that this is a place for guys. Um, some churches address that by by putting on, and you describe porridge at eight o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. You know that's yeah. you the know. quintessential <laughs> men's breakfast. Yeah, that's you know. right, and and clearly that that may have a place, I suppose, but it's not. Yeah. It, you don't think it? It's not going to cut it, and because you're talking about a strategy no. of thirty times hearing the it gospel. It will cut it for men of a certain age group and mm. men who like porridge at eight o'clock on a Saturday, <laughs> which is, I think there's three blokes in you know Raynham <laughs> currently who are really into that. Uh, you know, I the the new quiche in Christendom is curry. So it's going out for a curry, isn't it? It's going out for Chinese or whatever. But that for us, that's two or three stages along the process. Yeah, you don't start there. You start way back. Mm. You know, the world that we try and inhabit at CVM is the world of the bloke who doesn't even consider himself to be an atheist. He doesn't care what you think. Yeah, you know, he's an expert on Christianity when he wants to row with you in the pub after he's had a couple of pints because mm -hmm. he thinks he knows better than everyone else. Because all blokes are experts on everything. Yeah. So, but that's the only time he's bothered. So for me, stage one or level one is actually making that connection with people and mm. actually making some mates because a lot of Christian guys haven't got any friends outside the church. So that's yeah. one of the biggest challenges we face. Yeah. I think we lose all our non-Christian mates in 0.2 seconds of conversion, <laughs> you know. So the first thing is make some mates and then actually get shoulder to shoulder with guys because mm. guys mm. will talk over their shoulders in the context of activity. So go out and do stuff. Mm, mm. You know, 90% of what we recommend to do is completely shallow. You know, burn stuff, shoot stuff, eat stuff, <laughs> blow things up, play football. Yeah. Just do anything to get some mates and then walk a journey with them. Sure, sure. Now, you, you researched with um, Sorted, which is a, mm. a Christian men's magazine, in 2010 found that uh, 18 to 24-year-olds were twice as likely to feel uncomfortable in church than other men. So the, mm. there's clearly a generational problem. Not just It's not just men, it's also it younger is. men. Yeah, and I, I can't, Actually, you know, I can't remember the precise statistic, but mm. what I do know is that when we spoke to men who are over 65, a vast majority of them considered themselves to be Christian, mm. but that halved when you went down a generation. Right, yeah. So I think what's happening is we've got a remnant understanding about Christianity, and there's all this stuff in the press uh, recently about archbishops and ex-archbishops saying we're a Christian country or post-Christian mm. country. Mm. The reality is that a lot of older guys think they're Christians, even if they're not. Mm. The younger guys don't care. Mm. So we're losing ground really, really fast. Um, and, and I think uh, even for us at CVM, our traditional methods that we've employed over the last seven years aren't going to cut it for millennials. Right. They're not going to cut it for the next generation. So we're constantly trying to innovate and look into how we deal with that. Sure, That's a sure. big question. Yeah, a big, big challenge for you. Um, so um, we're, we're going to come to a break in a minute, but can you start to perhaps to unpack the kind of church that's more male-friendly Mm. Um, I don't know if you've got an idea in your head or whether it would yeah, depend from church I, to church. I have, um, and it may be controversial <laughs> okay. for some. So um, I, I, um, I think we need to think outside the box a little bit. Mm. I think essentially we're still working with a Victorian model. Mm. We have one access point into church normally, mm. which is you know the Sunday meeting or a seekers course, mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Whereas if you were sales and running a business, you'd have multiple points of entry into your business and to do business, you know. Mm. So I think we need to think of it expansively. Mm. I don't necessarily think that sitting in rows of kind of the essentially Victorian model is the only way to mm. do it. Mm. I think it's important that we gather together, worship and sing and praise and learn. Mm. But it's not necessarily the only way that we should be doing that. Um, and I just think we need to think seriously about our worship culture. Mm. Um, the kind of songs we're singing, how mm. romantic they are, how subjective they mm. are. I think we need to think about our illustrations we use on a Sunday. Mm. I think we need to look at workplace chaplaincy much more and actually visit workplaces. Mm. Um, I think we need to be um, you know, engaging uh, with younger men who are for entering into the world of work for the first time and actually showing mm. that they're on, on mission there. 
Mm. Um, I think we need to restructure what happens in the week to make it accessible mm. um, for guys. Uh, I think we need to question what's churchianity and what's Christianity. Because yep. men pick up on churchianity stuff very quickly. Bearing in mind, I'm talking here, my my life's always orientating around those who don't know Christ yet, sure, and how sure. he reached them, and then the early discipleship piece. So mm. that does scheme me a bit. But controversially, what I do mm. think, um, if you gear your church in favour of men, just slightly, mm. you'll tend to find that the women love what we recommend as well. Because okay. mostly what we say, the women think, yeah, but I like that. Mm. That's what I like. Mm. So what tends to happen is we've said, these are good things for guys. If you don't go too far in it, and you get some grunting top gear, you know, mm. church, well, that, that'd be fun, wouldn't it, uh, <laughs> taking place. If you're just sort of subtle about it and mm. nuanced, the women like it as well, and so do the men. And And anecdotal research and research from 2003 tends to suggest that if you win a man to Christ, his family will follow. Mm. If a woman comes to Christ, often she'll sit there for years on her own in yeah. church, yeah. and a bloke just doesn't follow. So... I think if you gear your church a sixty percent in favour of men, you tend to find this, the stats will even out, and 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 that might be just simply thinking about again the songs, the program mm. during the week, and all of that kind of stuff. So, my thing would be if you've got a new worship song being introduced into the church, just have a think: are the blokes going to like this? Yeah, okay. you know, we're sitting here facing each other in a room. Mm. We're two blokes. We we tell people to sing to Jesus, who is a man, mm. and then we're saying. You know, Andy, your name is like honey on my lips. Yeah, you know, yeah. hold me close. You're beautiful, <laughs> Andy. You know, you're my lover. Yeah. Now, to like Derek, who drives a van, who's just coming to church, it's just a bit freaky. Absolutely. So, if we just think about mm. that a little bit, then we 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 made the right adjustments. I think you end up with sort of a not just a man friendly church, mm. but a church that's authentic and on mission for everyone. Excellent. Well, you're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Carl Beach. He's the International Director of Christian Vision for Men, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File. Me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Carl Beach, the International Director of Christian Vision for Men. Uh, he's an England uh, minister who uh, got increasingly engaged with men's ministry, saw uh, men come to faith and uh, realised that this was a, something that uh, really nationally she needed to happen. Uh, the stats are sadly um, in favour of uh, a kind of female-male ratio within the UK. And we've been talking, certainly before the break, about some of the reasons why um, my men are not grabbed by uh, by classic churches exists. And just before the break on uh, Carl's ideas on, um, on, on how church could be made different. Um, Many years ago, uh, Christianity ran an article that I wrote about the male-female ratio and made it available to the media. And the Sun newspaper um, picked up the story and ran the headline, Hey guys, church is a great place to pull, (laughs) which is classic Sun, (laughs) because there were so many women. Now, in all seriousness, many single women I meet are concerned about how wet the men in their church are. Um, Is this a caricature? Uh, and does your ministry address this problem? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Uh, um, interesting. I'd spoke at uh, an event for an organisation called Christian Connections mm-hmm. recently, uh, who are an online dating agency. Yeah. And it was packed with women. Mm. It was about 80% women, 20% men. And I spoke about, you know, church culture and men. Mm. And the women were incredibly supportive. Mm. I mean, not one complaint about what we were saying. Because mm. they're all sitting there thinking, and, and actually saying overtly, there are no men in the church that I can form a relationship mm. with. Mm. So I said, well, there are men in the church, aren't they? And and one woman said, 
Well, they're all just a bit lame. <laughs> so this is a women saying this. Yeah. So, I'm, so I thought, well, that's really interesting. Mm. Now, conversely, we get criticism at CVM sometimes. Sometimes. Because people say, you're far too blokey. You know, you're far too much of a stereotype <laughs> of, a, of a man, you know. And we just think, well... Hmm. Well, that is because we're trying to reach blokes, you know. I mean, what do you want me to do, you know? We are here to reach all men. Hmm. But the church, we say, has done a great job at reaching guys who might be more gentle, more artistic, Hmm. you know, more more in that sort of spectrum. Hmm. We're trying to reach the blokes who like blowing things up and playing football and eating kebabs on a Saturday night, you know, because they're missing Hmm. millions in the church. So probably the church, by default, by its culture, has reached guys who... Hmm. We tend to be more middle class, educated, um, uh, maybe have a master's degree or degree, you mm. know, successful, career orientated. That, that's the kind of people we tend to reach. Uh, if you come from a well-off area, you're twice as likely to go to church than if you come from a deprived well, area. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. You know. Um, so we are unashamedly going for that, although we do have other resources that, and, and training and strategies that are working with mm. guys who are highly educated. But because people see the other side, we get a little bit of criticism for it. Sure. But the church by default has become a place for an educated person. I mean, you just think about what happens on a Sunday. Mm. I mean, it, there's lots of words and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lecture. Mm-hmm. I, brought, I take non-Christians to church and the most recent one was, what the questions were, why are there three people taking part? I mm. thought, are there? But then there were. So if three people are saying something, there's a worship leader, someone giving notices, mm. and there was a speaker. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he said, how long's a lecture for? So he actually <laughs> said to me, how long's a lecture for? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, why why are we singing these songs? You know what? Because, mm. you know, we don't seem to be as enthusiastic as we do at football. You know, it's that kind of messaging. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, well, that's fascinating. Jeez, he calls it a lecture and, and different speakers at the front. And we just, mm. and he just was totally disengaged by it. And he just viewed it as an academic exercise, you mm. know. I'd so, yeah, I I, th- I think the whole thing is like a it's a university lecture with songs, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, and then a cup and sauce at the end. You can't get your big fat sausage fingers <laughs> through, you know, and stand around making polite conversation. So yeah. It's not very masculine. It suits a certain type of yeah man. Yeah. And then I get criticised. We get criticised for, you know, continuing the machismo thing and. And there was an article recently by a missional expert who was saying, you know, the answer to the lack of men is not to be more macho. Well, I, I'm at a loss for words because the conclusion of the article was we need more female leaders. The answer to lack of men in church is we need more female leaders. I think, no, the answer to the lack of men in the church is blow more things up. <laughs> you know, destroy more caravans. Be a, be a stereotype. I'm all things that all men to win some. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't mean so we're not godly or seek authentically sure. seeking to love Jesus Christ. You know. Yeah. I mean, I understand Operation Mobilization, the, the mission organization, uh, maybe a couple of decades ago, realized that more women were coming to faith than men, and they they realized that their message had become less challenging in terms of discipleship. Absolutely. And and they actually. I mean, they didn't. They didn't change the gospel, but they realised that the gospel did make claims. And as they well, as they did that, more men came to faith. Well, yeah, and I've, I've thought a lot about this, mm. and um, I think it's not just discipleship; it's the kind of gospel we communicate. Mm. Because look, mm. the bottom line is either God loves women more, mm. um, or the gospel's not true, yes. or something's gone wrong, because mm. it's still persisting. So we did a lot of analysis on the gospel. I did as an evangelist. I was thinking, what are we communicating here? And as I went around the country listening to gospel mm. communication, I was hearing needs-based gospel. Mm-hmm. Come to Christ and he'll stroke you, hug you, love you, help you with your money issues, heal you if you're sick. And it's all true, mm. but it's needs-based. Mm. Whereas when we articulate the gospel to men now, we have 
purpose gospel and we have um, uh, like a call to a movement and a call to action. Now, assuming here that the given is, we've talked about uh, the cross, death, resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's done. The message we would give is, in response to that, Jesus wants to take you to the wire. You know, mm. it's going to hurt and it's going to cost you and mm. it's going to impact your wallet and your time and your commitments. You know, he's he's going to make you the kind of man that you know you ought to be and more. And any gift that he's given you, he will enhance and use to fix this broken world. Do you want in? Mm. Mm. Who wants in on this movement? Let's change the world together. Yeah. You know, and, and, and lay your life down along the way. Sacrifice everything for this. Mm. Now, and that, that message, now that, that, that's very deeply appealing to a male spirit, I think. Yeah, yeah. And to go back, we do use shallow methods. In 1904, William Booth bought five Ford Model B cars when there were only a handful of Model B cars around. He bought five, a cost a day of about a quarter of a million pounds for the sole reason he could drive them up and down the country in a convoy, stand in the back and draw crowds of thousands of men and preach the gospel. And he called them to a gospel <laughs> of battle and change, didn't he? You know, now these days, if I did that, if I did the equivalent end, you know, I went out and I bought three Lamborghinis, everyone think, you know, heresy, what is he, what is he doing? He's a prosperity gospeler, he's this, he's that, yeah, yeah. he's the other. But actually, you do what you've got to do to yeah, yeah. connect with the guys, drive a Lamborghini, so any donations gratefully received, preach the gospel and call them to action. And then we make discipleship tough. Yeah. So if you want to do a men's breakfast, don't do it at eight, do it at five. Hmm. Yeah, make it tough. Call into a hard routine of following Christ, and then you get a male response. Yeah. I think you you mentioned Top Gear earlier, and that yeah. you know that's, it's, yeah. that's, that's a kind of program that well. That appeals. And again, where do I get criticism about Top Gear in the local church from men who say I don't like Top Gear, and yet three hundred million people around the world watch Top Gear? Hmm? Yeah, it's, it's the most. Yeah, it's, it's the most widely. No, it's a gang show. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just they're just destroying things all the time and having fun and you know painfully politically incorrect. And the blokes are tuning in in their millions. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so so maybe some some leaders listening are thinking, yeah, you're, you've you actually nailed my church, actually. Right. What what would be the first kind of things that, that someone needs to do to to change things around? I realise it may not d d happen in overnight, but yeah. in the next say, six months. It takes a good couple of years, I would say, to try and transition a church. But I would say be prepared to be really honest about where the church is at. Mm. And not everyone listening to me is going to agree with what I'm saying some people are going to think well that was really shallow you know it's mm. more complex than that and I get all that but I'd say just do something mm. try something mm -hmm. so audit the kind of worship songs you're singing mm. look at the schedule of activities in the week who are they communicating to who is the church building communicating to is it is it a place that's for women and children what what is the what is the messaging mm. you know people do make a sociological response before a spiritual one who's on the door greeting and what how do you do that you know, mm. how is a service structured? Um, why are home groups always at eight o'clock when blokes who are commuting might be struggling to get back? And before you say that's really sexist, actually, still in middle England, it's majority men who are full-time working and women who are key-time working yeah. or at home working, raising their kids. Now, I get into trouble for saying that, but it's true. Mm. So the blokes are coming home from work, then they have to chase out often without seeing their kids to make it to a home group. Mm. Or they're seen as not committed because they don't make it. Or, you yeah, know, to the home group. Or... It's not considered that preparing a good budget is a spiritual act of worship. Then they might be, you know, uh, killing themselves over getting their work budget right so no one loses their job. But it's mm. never celebrated, mm -hmm. you know. So think about these transitions in a week. Think about the activities that you're mm. promoting. Think about um, the timings and schedules and how commitment is measured. Think mm. about what you're saying on a Sunday. And, and you know, here's an idea. I, I mean, if I've got time just to chuck mm. out an idea... 
This is a brilliant one I found in the States. Have a scrum down with the guys. And at the end of church one Sunday, maybe try it the next Sunday, mm. get the men's group leader or you as the leader and say at the end, I only want to see the men. Mm. So I don't want to see the women, just the men. Get all the men forward. And then give a talk the last two minutes. And it could be as simple as this. You get everyone to pull their phones out of their pockets, get them to hold up their phones and say you're all far too reliant on your phones. Mm. Through the service you're tapping in them, you're looking at your messages, you're addicted to your emails. Um, actually, we're reliant on uh, being a band of brothers. So you mm. quote the passage from Timothy that says honour the brotherhood. Mm. So, so I want you to use your phone to swap a number of the guys standing next to you. And this week, when the chips are down and, and life's getting tough, something's gone wrong at work, text that guy. And say, pray for this. And everyone do that this week. And he said, and this is the verse you remember. You say, you know, honor the brotherhood, uh, mm. 1 Timothy 2, whatever it is. I can't remember what it is. But you give them a verse. And you say, and that's it. And by the way, don't tell the women what I said unless they ask. Mm. <laughs> and so, and, and last two minutes. And so the guy's driving home with his family. And of course, inevitably, the wife says, what was that all about? Mm. Why, why did he just want to see me? And then he says, well, actually, I'm far too dependent on my, you know, mm. my ability at work and my phone. I always do to my phone. And, uh, actually, we need to be praying for each other, don't we? We need to so we swap numbers because actually it's prayer that will get me through. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. And this is the verse we used, and for the first time ever, he's teaching his family yeah. and his kids hear it, and he's taking a spiritual lead. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it every week, but you do it every now and again. And every time he looks at his phone, he'll remember the lesson. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, or you could give out a coin or a pen mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Uh, most people listening to what I've said in this meeting now, this mm-hmm. this, this chat will remember that illustration more than anything else I've said because it's a male style of communication. Yeah, absolutely. So just little things like that. Well, sadly time has gone, Carl, but it's been fantastic to sense your enthusiasm for this. I hope this will spark off lots of conversations Hopefully, and, and yeah. changes. And uh, and uh, people can get to know more about your work. There's a website, no doubt. Yeah, so if you can put Christian Vision for Men in Google or mm. cvm.co.uk. Um, you'll find out uh, all about us and how to connect, start a men's group, get supported. Loads of great resources. Fantastic. Um, yeah, loads going on. Wonderful. Good. Well, you've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Carl Beach, the uh, International Director of Christian Vision for Men. Do log on to Premier's website and listen to archive versions of the Leadership File, including this one in due course. Thanks for your company. Look forward to you tuning in next Sunday at 3 30. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.